We just sang a song about what we believe, and we've decided in this, this time that we have this fall to, to wrestle with that very concept, Credo, I Believe, uh, a series examining the core beliefs of Christianity. That, that for centuries upon centuries, one of the first elements of, of what Christians have believed is in uh, a simple sentence, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. An introduction to what we refer to as the Apostles' Creed, the summation of all that the Apostles taught based on the teachings of Jesus Christ. But what does it mean to say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? I think some of the struggle with that can be seen in some recent news. Uh, anyone stand in line to try to get their hands on an iPhone 6? No? Oh... You poor people, you poor people. Right, we, we, we have this new iPhone that has come out, and of course we've got the, the, the watch that you can get instead, and, and all these different things. We, we live in a society where the, the concept of the iPhone, it's originally coming out, uh, was the, this concept of something that can be, in certain ways, uh, fixed to, to the needs that we have individually. We're all very different people. We have different needs, we have different uh, desires and what we would like, and here's an object that can meet all those things unique to you. And so we, we can talk about all the features that we can have about it. We can, we can change the way that it looks and pick things that are accustomed to us. And so we have things with, uh, you know, the concept is that we, we have uh, uh, iPhones, iPads, iPods. I wonder sometimes if we think of the fact that we have iGods. That, that we think so often of God in a way that we can customize who God is according to our desires and who we are as an individual. Maybe it has things like this. If we had an I, God, we'd say, you know what, I just download that new app, the app where he says he only cares about what I do on Sunday. Or, uh, oh, mine doesn't have that, but uh, uh, does yours have uh, the, that thing where, uh, he, the app where he'll look the other way on certain items? No, no, I didn't get that app. Instead, I got the feature where that isn't even a sin. I, I got that feature. Uh, oh, mine's the one that has the uh, voice-activated directions. It takes me everywhere I need to go and tells me step-by-step step what I need to do. Yeah, I had that too, but it was taking me places I didn't want to go, having me do things I didn't want to do, so I eliminated that feature. Um, oh, I had that feature too, but you know that voice? In some ways, it's, it almost sounded judgmental and authoritative. I didn't like that, so I got a different voice. Uh, oh, I, I, I changed and I, the voice I got. It kind of sounds like James Earl Jones. Because that's the way I, God, should sound. Uh, oh, 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 to counter that, yeah, because I didn't like that feature as well, uh, I decided to go ahead and get the alerts sent to me that, that every day, mine will send me an alert telling me how great and special I am every day of my life. So I, I think that's often how we think about God. It's kind of the electronic version of thinking of him as a Mr. Potato Head and his bucket of parts. That you got the basic thing and you can kind of change and customize depending on the look and the feel that you want God to have for you. And it's the way that our society talks. Talking about God in a way that uh, that's fine, you can have your God who he is, however you want him to be. You just can't impose that on everyone else. I think if we're going to say that we're people who believe in God the Father, maker of heaven and earth, it's something that is much different than that. Uh, Paul says this, the Apostle Paul, 
In speaking to a group of people, he said, look, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. I think that's what we do sometimes. In many ways, it's no different than a person who would handcraft out of stone or gold or wood an object and say, this is my God. Then for us to basically do it virtually, in our heads, in our imaginations, to pick and to choose the aspects of God that we want to say, yep, this is who God is. You see, if you take a look at why Paul said the things that he said, is if you're going to say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, you've got to jump all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, where it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. To, to go a bit further, where it talks about how, how he made man and woman in his image. So we, we get in there and we flip it all around. Rather than acknowledging that God is the creator who has made us according to his image, we say, hey, we want to be people who can create God according to the image of our desiring. According to our liking. In many ways, we're not any different than at the very beginning, Adam and Eve. You see, this ultimately was a temptation that was given to them. When Satan came and deceived them, saying, hey, the reason God says this or says that is he just doesn't want you to be like him. So they fell into the temptation of Satan. And in the falling in that temptation, sin entered into this world, death entered into this world, the relationship between the created and the creator was broken, and it needed to be fixed. See, again, this is what Paul is addressing when he's saying these things. He says, look, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Look, the desire is that God wants the relationship to be fixed and addressed. And we think that if we simply ignore the issue sometimes and create God how we want him to be, that out of sight is out of mind. It doesn't matter. But God has said, no, look, this is who I am. This is who I've created you to be. And this is the relationship that is intended. And if that isn't there, then it has all of these consequences. You know, when sin first entered the world, it's where we get God intervening and saying for the very first time that he promises to make remedy for the sin that exists and to do so by sending the Savior who would come and redeem people, to bring salvation, to restore the relationship that was broken. And again, it's what Paul says. He says, look, he fixed a day when he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. But look, God, God understands the issue and the problem. And while so often we can seem a, a, a wanting to understand God and who he is in his reality, and that's why often we have this fear and so we adjust God according to our desires, he says, look, it's nothing to be feared because I've come to make remedy of the issue and to give you the gift of salvation and mercy. It has all these consequences regardless of whether or not you see me as I am. But I'm also the one who sent my son to die on the cross 
and to demonstrate salvation by raising him from the dead, to show and demonstrate that when I say I can give you life, that you understand that I am faithful to my word. I want to read a a quote from from a theologian who wrote a, a number of years ago, and he said this, as terrible as the threats are with regards to to uh, our understanding of God. Much more powerful is the comfort in the promise that assures all those clinging to God alone of his mercy, that is his sheer goodness and blessing, not only for themselves but also for their children to a thousand and even many thousands of generations. Certainly, if we desire all good things in time and eternity, this promise ought to move and urge us to fix our hearts upon God with perfect confidence. Since the divine majesty approaches us so graciously, invites us so warmly, and promises so richly. Therefore, let everyone take this to heart, and thus be careful not to regard this as if a mere human being were speaking. For it brings you either eternal blessing, happiness, and salvation, or eternal wrath, distress, and heartache. What more could you want or desire than God's gracious promise that he wants to be yours with every blessing to protect you and to help you in every need? You see, we we give thanks and praise that when we confess, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, that we confess our God who could not be formed by the thoughts, the hands, the imaginations of man. But it is something much larger than that. That there is this God who is not only the one who created the world, but worked with that same creative power to redeem the world through his son, Jesus Christ. And that is the gift that he gives to each of us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Before we continue with a time of prayer, we have a number of petitions that I want to pray for, but I I want to, before we do that, actually make an announcement of uh, an opportunity. As we think about the the blessings that we have been given, I know our our Concordia Cares group, uh, they're, they're like in our participation in uh, Operation Christmas Child. I know Christmas seems a far way off, but uh, they're gathering supplies uh, for Operation Christmas Child to be able to put into boxes that are this size. They're looking for toys, school supplies, non-liquid hygiene products, clothes, accessories. If you have questions, you can come into the CSLD, but they'd like to, as a community, for us to gather up a a number of items that we can put in on that. There's more information that's going to come on that, but I wanted to make that announcement before we close with a time of prayer and with a blessing. Uh, the time of prayer that we have today, um, it's, it's, not a, uh, it's, a, it's kind of a heavy, heavy burden. I received a, an email from, uh, from missionaries that are out in the field, and I just want to read a portion of it and then have us go into a time of prayer. Um, it says, missionaries who are in the areas that are being attacked by ISIS are asking to be showered in prayer. ISIS has taken over the town that they are in today, and they've said that ISIS is systematically going house to house to all the Christians, and asking children to denounce Jesus. He said, so far that no one child has, and so far all have consequently uh, been killed, but not the parents. And so the UN has withdrawn, and the missionaries are there on their own. Uh, They're determined to stick it out, but of course they're in some pretty dire circumstances. Uh, They understand and believe that for the faith that they have in Christ, uh, they most likely will be losing their lives, and so they pray Um, for a strength in the midst of such circumstances. So I would invite you to join me in a time of prayer. Would you please stand? 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift that you have given us in your Son, Jesus Christ, and for the fact that you are the one who has made heavens and earth, and that also in the fall to sin you have made a way to redeem your creation and to give us salvation. We pray first and foremost for ourselves that you would help us to look to you, not as we would like to picture you, but to look to you as you have demonstrated yourself to be. That we would do so understanding that you are a God of grace and mercy, who desires nothing more than to invite us to be in relationship with you. Lord, we think of our brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world, but especially we think of those who are in the areas in the Middle East that are under siege from ISIS. And with the things that we have heard are happening and taking place, we pray for all of the parents of those children and ask that you would comfort them in the midst of their grief. We pray that you would strengthen the missionaries for the work that uh, is before them. Lord, of course, in all things we seek peace. But we also understand that there is evil in this world. And so we ask that you would give us strength to face the day, even those days where evil may be present. Lord, give us comfort and strength in knowing and understanding that you know all too well the realities of the struggles in this world and that that's part of the reason why you sent your son Jesus Christ. That you understand the big deal that sin is in this world and you desire to remedy it through the only way possible in your Son. And we pray that you would give us peace for now and comfort as we await when you will return and all evil itself will be no more. It's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen.